Welcome to season four of the Fit Farming Food Mom podcast. Connie is a world champion powerlifter, former bodybuilder, and an elite trainer and nutrition coach. As a movement enthusiast and health nerd, she is here on this show to speak with educated guests and dive into the realm of all things health, fitness, mindset, and everything in between. If you enjoy this show, please do us a huge favor by smashing the like or subscribe button and leaving a review. Now, let's get to the show. All right, Allie, I am super excited to have you joining me today. I've been following you for quite some time, but then we met met officially at the Swiss conference over in Ohio. And um, so when I saw you, I was like, okay, bye. I'm just like the hugest fan. Um, but can you come on my podcast? Cause we have got to get this stuff out there. It's amazing. Dude. I, I feel like Swiss was like three weeks ago. <laughs> it's so there's literally an entire fall is like blown by. And now I'm like, I'm not, I can't Christmas right now. Like I'm not ready for that, mm-hmm. but no, yeah, it was, it was super cool. Um, to meet you as well, because that conference was literally the first time I had spoken there and I was super pumped to be able to and meet everybody and everything. Cause you know, you're amongst like your people when you're mm-hmm. there. <laughs> oh man, it's bad. You and I were talking about it. You leave and you almost have this huge letdown of kind of depression almost. Cause you're around people where you can speak that language and people don't stare at you and glass over. They're like, no, I've seen this too. And they get like, so pumped up and it's just an amazing thing to be around that kind of energy yes I literally just went through that almost every week the last eight weeks I was on the road I was like wow every Monday I really feel like shit and (laughs) trying to figure out why uh but the worst of it honestly like uh I I run a men's health event that I had a few weeks ago in Austin and literally like the couple days after that I was in such a deep like funk because when you actually have to run and plan the event like you go through this major uh adrenaline crash and so there's a couple days in between trips where I was like oh my god I don't even know what to do with myself and I was like calling one of my friends I'm like I'm like bro talk me off a ledge here and and he's like you had a great event this is normal you've done this every week and I was like I know but it's worse now because I don't see you guys for a while it was like the last event of the season you know so Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I feel like every time I leave something like that I'm so like replenished and excited and then I come back to reality and it's like oh this is this is rough and it was funny I had a client she's like I was waiting to hear everything that you learned and I was like well it's a little more complicated than that this isn't just (laughs) stuff that you just talk about you know it it, because some of it and then I have a lot of gen pop clients too so of course I'm sitting on every PED panel and everything like that and it's like well I mean do we really need to talk about trend probably not you know but I know. And I feel like people think like we're such losers because we're like, you know, oh, this is so much fun. And you're with like your people. But I don't give a fuck. Like I I, I don't go anywhere at, in Florida. I mm-hmm. don't socialize. So that's like my social time with my friends and everything. So it's great. So I'm glad we got to meet because now I'm like, cool, I have another friend. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And we all just have to keep keeping each other going because when we coach and we're by ourselves and we're home in our little office cubicles and we don't get a lot of that stimulation. So I think that's part of the letdown once you leave an event like that. Yeah. Yeah. The whole work from home thing, like 
this is where I live many hours a day in this dark room, even though it's nice and sunny and 82 degrees outside, mm-hmm. I'm aware, you know, cause like it's kind of where I have to live now. It's bizarre to, to leave like the strength floor and mm-hmm. move to online, which I did three years ago, but still, you still don't get used to the fact that like, you're not moving around or really talking to people except through zoom. So mm-hmm. 100%. Well, I have you here today because you're the men's health goddess right so (laughs) you're talking about all things that are very can be very taboo including like testosterone replacement therapy and stuff like that and a lot of people like well isn't this steroids and it's like this huge thing right and then also men tend to talk a lot less about the issues that they're having when it comes to everything maybe weight loss maybe in the bedroom maybe mental health all these things men tend to, to suppress those things and not talk about it a lot but it, it's a really important part of health and so there are people like you out there in the world that are helping men get optimized teaching them that these things are okay to talk about and getting them on the road to being their best self which is huge mm-hmm. yeah men typically are not at you know like social situations or at the gym like yeah bro you know like my boner just didn't stay up last night like they don't talk about that stuff or like women talk about everything like almost mm-hmm. like like tmi level like anywhere anytime just socially that's kind of how they uh bond and mm-hmm. guys, it's more of like a show of weakness if they bring stuff like that up or if they do bring it up it's in the form of like yo i've been on trt like it's like awesome and they talk about more of like the aesthetic benefits from it and stuff like that they don't talk about like the sexual performance benefits if there are some through testosterone or anything else like that but yeah mm-hmm. guys just they don't talk about it and mm-hmm. i just find it easy to talk to them about it well i feel like and i could be wrong because you probably know the statistics this is much more of your realm but i feel like men's testosterone levels are at an all-time low yeah. You are seeing more. I know I do lots of lab work, seeing more and more and more guys that are down in like the two and three hundreds and they're being told that they're fine. And here they have all these other things going on. They have like depression, the inability to get an erection, the like they have a hard time losing weight. They have metabolic syndrome. Like all of these things are going on, yet they're being told that they're fine. Yeah, so it's declined about like 1% since 1982. Um, And I remember that easily because I was born in 81 and I'm 42. So roughly, you know, a long time, um, 40 years pretty much. So that in itself shows that that's pretty scary because our grandfathers and fathers had way higher test levels than guys these days do. Mm -hmm. So this in combination with the lack of confidence and the lack of uh, like a leaner physique that decades ago Americans had make men now feel inadequate in a way where they go to a general practitioner and then there's this range of testosterone that has since this decline decreased. So the standard deviations were actually moved down by many different labs like LabCorp Quest. They moved those numbers down because guys were showing with less and less testosterone. So the the range when someone gets blood work used to be 350 to 1100, which Mm -hmm. is massive in and of itself. Like it's ludicrous. Mm -hmm. Now it's around like I would say the lowest I've seen was around 190, 195, I think. 
and it goes up to like 790 something mm-hmm. which is awful it's like atrocious so you have a guy who's again 30 years old and he's testosterone of like 200 mm-hmm. oh you're fine you're don't worry you're fine and the problem with that is then they get dismissed and men don't want to go to the doctor anyway like it's literally like dragging you know feet dragging feet mm-hmm. yeah I'm still recovering my ability to articulate well, Um, but they don't want to go to the doctor because who does? And they'll only go if their dick doesn't work or it's an emergency or something like that. So they're not going to resist what the doctor says when it's going to a GP and stuff like that. So long story short is uh, total testosterone is only one piece of the puzzle. So Mm -hmm. when somebody goes to work out with a trainer and they get an assessment, it would be like measuring how well your ankle moves on your left side and that's it obviously that's only one piece of the whole entire picture so the the conventional medical model in america if you go through an insurance-based practice or someone like a general practitioner they are tied to what the insurance will allow so you have to qualify for testosterone replacement by having numbers sub 300 numerous times in a row Mm -hmm. and just it's awful i mean because there's guys that are in like the five six hundred level that still have symptoms so it's important to go by the symptoms and like you alluded to not feeling like themselves depression brain fog is a big one like there's a lot of powerful benefits from a neuro perspective for testosterone and cardiovascular and all those things that kind of get ignored because people just associate it as the erection hormone mm-hmm. and sexual performance hormone or the illegal hormone and steroid hormone, yeah. which is a steroid hormone by definition. But again, the dosage depends on if you're doing steroids. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like there's a, I mean, you could correct me if I'm wrong here, but there is like a real decline in masculinity in general in society now and so it's being more and more socially acceptable to be at a deficit when it comes to that. Yeah, that's that's a topic. I started bringing that up, I want to say 20, 2019, I think, where I would talk about toxic masculinity and literally the entire room would be quiet. <laughs> and I'm like, they probably think, oh, this chick with a faux hawk is going to go off on feminism. And it's literally the complete opposite where I'm like, I hate that term. And, you know, I've talked to my male colleagues about this social narrative, which in their defense, like, I think that it's more of the media and it's just more across social media because you talk to certain women, at least either in person or I've talked to them on Instagram, like, is this really what you want? And they're like, no, I really appreciate chivalry and when a guy takes the lead and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but the guys feel lost because I asked them do you feel awkward like complimenting a woman or actually talking and they're like oh my god like literally Ali like if I was like oh I love your camo top like you could call me a misogynist and say that I'm like a pedophile or something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm like that's so true so imagine like walking on eggshells and being afraid to even hit on a woman, which is a normal thing that a guy should do. Mm-hmm. Granted, there are organizations out there in the fitness world that are against that and think that like, you know, if I wear like a crop top, you shouldn't talk to me because I'm wearing a crop top, whatever. Like, 
we don't have to agree on everything, but I do think that this decline in, in masculinity and the social narrative to suppress that, making it bad mm -hmm. is absolutely wrong because that I think affects guys' testosterone level at, at like a subconscious level. They, mm -hmm. they don't realize it just because they're not um, acting as a man should, mm -hmm. even at the level of things like Boy Scouts, which now include girls in Boy Scouts. And it's just gotten a little bit out of control mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. aspect. And like, you know, kids fighting is now like a bad thing. Like I understand bullying is separate, but like if kids like, you know, are doing jujitsu on the playground, like I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Well, yeah. and that's a funny talk that my husband and I have had because we have kids. Um, I have a 17 year old boy and a 10 year old girl. And my 10 year old girl is very meek and quiet and like, and my husband was like, I think we need to put her in jujitsu or something because she needs to develop a little grit. And I forget about that because when I was a kid, I was the only girl of three brothers. I yeah. was the only girl in the whole neighborhood. And we had like fight club in the backyard where we all got us in a circle and we beat the shit out of each other. And, and then the person that won went on to the next round and like all this crazy stuff. And I always forget that that stuff doesn't exist anymore because we're being so careful now with people's emotions. Oh my God. Like we live in a community in Florida where it has a Facebook group. And of course it's like only people use that to complain. Mm-hmm. Somebody was complaining, my neighbor's children, like across the street, there's like a, a circle of grass. It's like a cul-de-sac type of thing. Somebody was complaining that the kids were climbing the tree and they hung a rope from the tree to swing from. And uh, they were like, you know, this is not good. Kids can hang themselves. This is dangerous, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I can't climb trees anymore. And like, my neighbor was like, uh, this is normal for children to do. They're totally fine. Please don't worry. Stay yourself. Like, like, wow, this is what the world's coming to. Like, literally, we would like hang tires from ropes and make tire swings. Like back in the day, we'd climb trees and swing on vines and do weird shit and mm -hmm. dirty and play like BMX bike or whatever. Like, I don't know. I don't have kids, so I can't yeah. like on some of the ridiculous shit that you must see all the time but from you know seeing it next door I'm like oh okay <laughs> uh, I have to remind myself I'm always like oh I did way worse they're gonna live it'll be just fine so you know um but yeah I mean so sneaking back to that I feel like the, there's an overall decline and not only testosterone but also masculinity I think they're definitely probably linked um but you did bring up your free test or your total testosterone. How about free testosterone? So let's talk about some numbers right now. Like, obviously these numbers depend on the person. So there's no set range that anybody in particular should be at, but there are ranges where people would be considered to be optimized. So let's talk about some of those ranges right out of the gate. Sure. So just to clarify as well, those ranges I was talking about earlier that are on labs, are based off the average of everybody in America. So whether you're sick, you're overweight, you're 90 years old, you're four years old, like whatever, it's just this uh, average. So they don't take into account men who are on testosterone replacement. It's the same for everybody, which makes zero sense to begin with. So mm -hmm. let's just go with these ranges were pulled out of someone's ass and they decided that this number sounds good, we'll start here. Mm -hmm. So I will say from a total testosterone level, most guys who are over 500 probably feel better than if they're under 500. That can be a statement that I think most people would generally agree with. 
free testosterone is a testosterone that is available in the bloodstream that is not bound by something like SHBG, which is sex hormone binding globulin. So it binds free test and estrogen. So that's like the usable form. And the, the free T can be bound due to insulin resistance, sedentary lifestyle, exposure to certain toxic chemicals, if they have a low carb diet, like there's a bunch of different reasons for it. Um, and it's kind of obsolete to try to free that up through herbs and all this other stuff. You're better off actually getting healthy, taking care and ownership of your diet and, and uh, training and all of that stuff. So when somebody gets blood work, they usually are judged by the numbers on the blood work and not so much the subjective symptoms. So say a man comes into any office and again, it does differ. Like I personally, I partner with Merrick health. They're very good, but they're a private uh, telehealth company cash-based. So mm -hmm. if you go cash-based, you're probably going to be better taken care of than if you try to go through a GP. So number mm -hmm. one lesson is don't go to a GP for hormone optimization. Go to a GP, like if you need a Z pack or if you need it like antibiotic or something else, like where you're sick, you have a cold, you need like routine uh, blood work for some surgery or something, or you need to get a physical. That's mm -hmm. really it. So thank God for them for those reasons, but not for hormone optimization. They're just not trained in that and they will admit that as well. So mm -hmm. some of them try to do it, but it's very difficult when you're going through insurance. So mm -hmm. I can't emphasize that enough. So circling back because there's a lot of tangents with that and the blood work you get through a gp is very basic quite often people will have to ask for testosterone and it's funny because um i've heard some really weird reasons why they've been denied because of how they look because of their age because of how many times a week they work out like just weird things where obviously that's not a reason anyone should be able to see if they're functioning optimally as a man mm -hmm. so Again, you'd have to ask for it and they don't want to do it because they don't know how to interpret it or what to do with it. Plus, you may get a surprise bill in the mail from LabCorp for like $3,000. So yeah, mm -hmm. that's a problem too. <laughs> mm, that's a huge so, problem. Yes. If you go through a private company, you're probably going to pay between like, you know, 400 to at the high level, like $1,000, depending on how many markers you want. But at least, you know, that's it. Like, all right, mm -hmm. cool. You don't get a surprise. And then there's other markers that are going to tell the story of how your health is. So there's basic ones, which is called a CBC, which you see red blood cells, white blood cells, and usually a urine panel is included with that. And that's very basic. And then you'll have like thyroid numbers and there's basic thyroid that goes through the GP. So the, the optimal thyroid is a complete thyroid panel that has total, um, or sorry, that has a uh, free T, um, total T, T3, uh, free T4, total T4, TSH. So usually TSH is the only one that's given. Mm -hmm. Thyroid's important because thyroid and testosterone are both very important in guys. Mm -hmm. and you also want to see uh, like a lipid panel, cholesterol, basics of that. Uh, PSA for prostate health, any tumor markers. So it can get very extensive and at least you know what you're paying for. And mm -hmm. so this is kind of like a snapshot in time of what your health looks like, depending on, you know, the state of your health now. So like somebody who 
if you're, you have a cold or something, you get lab work done, you may see higher inflammation markers, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But Hey, at least now we know, all right, this is something to keep an eye on. So, um, I'm kind of talking in circles about it. Cause it's like, there's so many different directions, but basically what people would just need to know is that if you want to get a pretty thorough look at how you're doing, then I would do it through a cash-based company. And any telemedicine company is not going to be the same as any other. So you want to go through a competent one. Again, I trust Merrick. I've been Mm -hmm. part of them for a while and they tend to deal with people that are athletic and that work out and, you know, are not going to get dismissed for weird things. Like if you work out the day before blood work and you lift really heavy, you may have elevated liver enzymes. Mm-hmm. Physicians don't know this. And so they're like, oh shit, you need a liver ultrasound. Yeah. And that can be scary. And it literally was just because you either had an alcoholic drink or you deadlifted really heavy. So yeah. Yeah. So that's that. I love that you bring up that point because that's something that I've seen frequently is people are like, well, I'm going to talk to my doctor first. So they go and they talk to their doctor and their doctor will a run some of the tests that you give them, but not all of them. So then you have a puzzle missing a bunch of pieces Um, or B they will actually run it and they'll charge it to insurance. And that person's left with this humongous bill anywhere from 1400 to $2,000 I've seen in my own personal coaching. So it's, but it's amazing how good of panels you can get when you pay cash and you can get whatever you want. Like it's, there are a million places to do it. You can even order it online without even going through a practitioner. Um, and the price point is, is there's really no reason to not be doing it at least one time a year. And people, I, I will die on this hill because people are like, Oh, I can't afford to do labs. It's like, okay, you can't afford to do a $300 lab panel yet. You can go eat out and you can do all of these other things. Uh, You can't afford not to, because you're going to feel like shit. You're not going to be there for your family. You're not going to be there for your friends. You're not going to be there for yourself. Like $300 is nothing in the grand scheme of things. So when people get worried about paying cash for a lab panel, it's like, I have to shut that down right away because insurance takes so much more money for these things. Oh yeah. And I, and I, I understand that people think that insurance should pay for things like that, but you know, I, I literally cannot agree more with what you say. And I also echo the fact that I'm like, listen, I know it might be more expensive to go cash-based for a hormone panel or even treatment. However, mm-hmm. what happens when you try to go through insurance-based for literally anything? It's mm-hmm. an exhausting process of multiple phone calls, paperwork, waiting, like you, you literally save time in addition to frustration. Time is money. So mm-hmm. all the time and frustration that you're going to have to get four different uh, opinions mm-hmm. and to multiple places. And maybe you go to get, you know, lab work and then they decide, well, our phlebotomist didn't show up today. So I'm sorry. Like, cool. You have to redo that re-go mm-hmm. through insurance for all this like bullshit that literally it's a song and dance that takes forever mm-hmm. and no one wants to deal with that and so you're going to save the time and frustration of having to deal with stupidity mm-hmm. um, and go through a company that actually knows what they're doing mm-hmm. so it literally can't be easier like you like you said you don't have to see a physician you could have a phlebotomist come to your house mm-hmm. you just roll to bed go downstairs get your blood drawn mm-hmm. it's so simple it's so simple 
Another frequent thing that I'm seeing also is you have uh, providers that will agree to running testosterone, but they're only running total and they're not checking free. So uh, that seems to be a little bit problematic as well. And, and free is more expensive. And then it's like, you know, I've had guys send me, like they send their labs in my inbox on Instagram. And I'm like, that's nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I do this for a living. Thank exactly. you. Exactly. So they're like, you know, oh, I had this checked and it's like total and free. I'm like, cool. What am I doing with this? Like, again, this is like a piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about you. Like, you know, and guys will wear their testosterone number, like their bench press number. And I'm like, dude, it does not matter. And like, I have guys on TRT, they get their levels up to like 1100. They still don't feel good. So Mm -hmm. it it does not matter that much, Mm -hmm. you know, show me your license plate number. It's like, this is irrelevant. Right. So what are some reasons for testosterone decline? Um, big, big, the biggest thing is the obesity and lifestyle factors. So if you have too much body fat, that is going to create an inflammatory environment in the body. When your body detects, oh, this body's not really healthy. It's not going to produce the hormones to procreate because it does not sense a safe environment. So the problem with injecting testosterone into a highly inflammatory body that does not want it, it can cause some side effects. And men, some men will see testosterone kind of as like the ozempic of like the hormone world. Like if I take testosterone, it'll just melt all the fat away and make my, all my dreams come true. Mm-hmm. And it does a lot of good things, but it doesn't solve everything. So over being over fat is a big problem. And because we have now this body acceptance thing going on, like guys literally freak out when I say you should be towards 15% or lower. And they're like, Oh my God. And I'm like, if you don't have visible abs and it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be a six pack, it can just be like the top Mm -hmm. that literally is reflective of the state of your health. And Mm -hmm. so I don't think that we emphasize that enough because now you've seen the mannequins with the big bellies and stuff where you can't, those mannequins can't see their dick. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not looking down there. Um, so I think that that's really the biggest driving factor. And then the fact that we don't move anymore, like we used to, and that also contributes and endocrine disrupting chemicals. So basically these chemicals that are in like plastic water bottles. So you don't want to be drinking out of plastic like me. You want to get like stainless steel um, and glass bottles are probably the best way to transport water. Cause again, if this like heats up, there's chemicals in this plastic that are called xenoestrogens and they get into the liquid. Same if you heat up Tupperware and everything, and then they act as a very potent estrogen, a thousand times more potent than regular estrogen. And it confuses your body and it can make it think that it's pregnant, even if you're a guy and all this stuff. So it really just fucks with your hormones. And so that can cause a uh, lower testosterone environment in a man's body and more feminizing traits and stuff like that. And so over time, it has been a problem. And and it's very like woo woo at first, because guys are like, really like plastic. And I'm like, listen, if there's two things that you tackle with that, switch all your plastic Tupperware to glass, microwave that, and then switch your water bottle to stainless steel. Mm -hmm. Like easy. And then the third thing I would say, like the top three action items, any products that a man puts on himself 
daily. It's like shower stuff, soap, any moisturizer, all, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. One of my clients, he's um he's a veteran. He owns a company called Johnny Slicks. They sponsored my event. I've been using their hair pomade for years. They make everything without any endocrine disrupting chemicals and they make beard oil, beard um like wash, they make uh shaving oil, cream, uh body wash, shampoo, conditioner and then like hair products that literally smell amazing because you know they're actual natural products. So there's mm-hmm. a lot more of those showing up than there used to be. Mm-hmm. So long are the days of like, you know, Dove body wash and like anything very chemically like that. So, and I'm that mom, like, this is so funny. My son, like I said, he's 17. He's in the dating pool, you know, like this is what 17 year old boys do. Right. And he's like, yeah, he's like, my girlfriend's coming over and he just coats himself. And like, I'm like, dude, you cannot do that. I was like, you're killing your testosterone, man. And he's like, oh, it's fine right now. And I was like, yeah, until you're having a hard time in a couple of years, getting a boner. And at, like, I'm that parent, right. Where I like, just lay it all out there. And he's like, it's fine, mom. I was like, okay, <laughs> well, uh, just saying like, when you open your bedroom door, I almost die myself. I'm pretty sure my testosterone's on the floor after opening your bedroom door. <laughs> I love that. That's so, like, the, but that's so true. Actually, my doctor, uh, Eric Serrano, you, yep. you know, yeah, yep. so he at, at a silverback, he was talking about um, somebody asked a question relative to that. And he was talking about how he had a patient. I think the kid was like 19 years old and he had really low testosterone and they were trying to figure out why. And he went to the grocery store and was looking at the ingredients of all the shampoo and he had him change his shampoo and he had gyno. That's what it was. He had man mm. and, and he had him change his shampoo. And then over time, like it actually cleared up and I forget which shampoo it was. So I know people are going to ask, but um, mm-hmm. I'll have to ask him, but I was like, holy shit. It's one of those, like, that can't be type of mm-hmm. stories, but I mean, shit. Yeah, it can happen. So, well, and I think the young guys are so set up for something to, for this to be a downhill spiral as well. Right. Cause at least our, our, well, I'm not going to say the word older, so don't hate me guys. But I think, you know, if you're in your thirties and forties, you, you, you have some kind of awareness, right? But now we're getting these young people. So um, recently I had a 21 year old male with, I think his testosterone was 160. So yeah. And he was a video gamer. And mm-hmm. so he didn't eat well, not eating a lot when he did eat. And in front of a screen 24 seven and hadn't, he didn't even finish school. Right. And I'm like, start looking at all these details and I'm like, how much of this, like how much of this contributed to this low testosterone? So much of it, I'm sure. It's one of those things you don't want to believe. And I think because it's not like you can't see it happening mm-hmm. in time that it's very hard to actually believe. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of evidence. There's a lot of scientific evidence showing that it does contribute heavily. And just read the book Countdown. If any of you guys are listening to me and you're like, what the fuck is this girl talking about? Like, so skeptical. Um, By Dr. Shanna Swan. And she goes into the studies because she was skeptical. So she literally created her own like worldwide study because she was like, this can't be real. And she, she was talking about the sperm production decline how that's gone down 60% in the last few decades mm-hmm. worldwide. 
and she was conducting the test and she realized that there's something called phthalate syndrome. So phthalates, which is spelled like P-T-H or mm-hmm. something crazy, phthalates, parabens, all those endocrine disrupting chemicals, how it affects um, the fetus in the womb and how if a mother is exposed to a high level of phthalates, it can affect the sperm production of her baby when he gets older, which wow. is, sounds so far-fetched, but she has the studies to support it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's crazy. You read this book and you're like, what the fuck? Because usually it was women who were always blamed with fertility issues, but a lot of it now is the man mm-hmm. because of reasons like this. It's crazy. So I want to touch on something that you didn't touch on then, and that is stress. Because I feel like stress could be a huge contributor as far as lowering our DHEA levels and cortisol, like because of cortisol being high, all these kind of things. Is that something you can talk about? Yeah, stress is probably the biggest impacting um, factor for lowering testosterone that guys don't even think of. Mm-hmm. So they're very used to push, push all the way through. I don't need to sleep. I got to get this done. And then we've got the phones in our face and, you know, screen time, all these stressors constantly bombarding us Mm -hmm. and then emotional stress, physical stress, all this stuff. So obviously we're not going to be able to take away certain stressors. Like if you have a newborn baby, we're not going to say, go lock him in a cage. Like that could be wrong. You might get arrested. Um, So what can we control? So we can control training. We can control nutrition. We can control how we react to things to a degree. Mm -hmm. So if we can control training and nutrition, if we're not sleeping more than four to five hours a night, Mm -hmm. that could probably contribute to uh, issues if you're trying to work out. If you're sacrificing sleep to work out, what's that term? Like you're robbing Peter to pay Paul? Like, yep, yep. Let's dial in your sleep and get you on a different type of schedule or figure something out where maybe you train for 20 or 30 minutes. Like mm-hmm. I, I really did that with a client today. He's a doctor. He's got a crazy schedule. And I said, I'm just going to give you three days a week of 30 minute workouts. And we'll start there. Cause he wanted to do like five days a week. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but you can't because you're sleeping four hours. So that's right. not our goal right now. Um, and so if you can control the controllables, then it could allow for a better, less stressful environment Mm -hmm. and over time then it becomes a little bit easier to wake up in the morning and then to be able to tackle work and have family time and stuff like that because stress also impacts erection and it does more so than testosterone levels to a degree as well because a lot of guys you know earlier I was like they associate low t does my dick work cool my dick works I must have great testosterone it's not always the same thing Mm-hmm. So guys that have very high T levels and they literally can't get a boner and vice versa. So mm-hmm. how does that impact it? Well, the analogy I use in the fitness industry, which can work for anybody really, like if you're doing a hard exercise, so for us, it would be a PR for anybody else. Like you're, you're going through a back squat or front squat. It's really, really, really hard. Mm-hmm. So you're coming out of the hole, you're literally shaking and you feel like you might dump the bar, but you're not sure you might shit your pants. You're not sure your eyes are popping out of your head and you're turning purple. Mm -hmm. Someone walks by and is like, yo, let's go. Like, can you pop a boner at that time? Probably Probably not. not. So that's the impact that your body has uh, on stress or stress has on your body. And 
same with testosterone. Like your body again is not going to say, yeah, let's procreate when all of a sudden you're in fight or flight. Mm -hmm. And the easiest way to remember this. So with the nervous system, this is like the science part. That's as sciencey as I'll get. We have the parasympathetic and we have the sympathetic. Mm -hmm. Sympathetic, fight or flight, alarm. You know, I think everyone learned this in like bio class, right? Mm -hmm. Like phase. So if you're in fight or flight, running from a lion, that's when ejaculation happens. So we call S sympathetic shoot, P parasympathetic point, erection, rest and digest. You have to be calm to be able to spring a boner. Mm-hmm. And when you're psyched up and sympathetic, that is ejaculation. Mm-hmm. So sympathetic drive of a back squat PR, you're not going to get a boner. It's going to be very difficult. And so guys who are revved up all day and stressed out all day, mm-hmm. it's going to be difficult to achieve an erection. Mm-hmm. So, and then like you alluded to earlier with the pleading DHEA, if they have low DHEA, then that can cause some sexual problems. If they have very high DHEA, it can also, mm-hmm. or guys will just haphazardly supplement with DHEA. And if they take too much, it can cause premature ejaculation. And then we don't want that either. Right. Yes. So, yeah. So we covered, um, xenoestrogens, removing plastics and drinking out of metal or glass. That's a great way to help testosterone, lowering body fat levels, sleep, stress mitigation. What is there some other low hanging fruit that males can look to use in order to enhance their natural production of testosterone? Yeah. I think everyone I've met is deficient in vitamin D. Mm -hmm. Um, So you know, you're in a colder climate, so you're probably not going to see a lot of the sun. Mm -hmm. There's really, you know, nothing wrong with supplementing between like 10 and 20,000 IUs if you're also taking vitamin K2. Mm -hmm. And like, I live in Florida and Serrano has me taking 20,000 and I live in Florida. So like that's that you can't get all of it from the sun. So it's a essentially something that helps manufacture testosterone in a male body. So mm-hmm. being sufficient in that is going to be helpful. Um, I think a lot of guys underestimate the power of enough protein and carbs if they're mm-hmm. athletic and, and uh, active um, because they're usually afraid of carbs or they're eating too much fat because they've heard like, well, fat makes cholesterol, which makes hormones, which it does, but it doesn't mean we need all the fat. So if depriving yourself of a macronutrient, especially carbs, if you're very active in the gym, that's actually going to help your performance. And I've Mm -hmm. actually had guys who have reconciled their libido from uh, adding carbohydrates when they were sub 2000 calories, really trying to just get lean Mm -hmm. and doing CrossFit and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh my God, you must feel like shit. And we literally add carbs add calories over time. They're like, Oh my God, my sex drives back. Like I feel really good. And I'm like, well, duh. Like, you know, mm-hmm. again, your body's like, cool. I'll procreate now because I feel safe. Mm-hmm. So literally it could be just under eating. And they think that it's like 6,000 different things in a supplement. And I'm like, no, how about food? Right. <laughs> right. And you see that a lot with the low carb space too. Right. Um, I mean, you're not seeing a lot of these low carb influencers post what their testosterone levels are. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? And I, I call this is a call to action for them to do that. I think because uh, will they know? But I, I, I have a really good friend that 
was really hip in the keto slash low carb space for a long time. And then he realized that it was affecting, and he's a professional athlete and he realized it was affecting his performance. And he also realized he was the one posting his labs. And I was looking at him going, mm, you think that's good. That's not good, buddy. You know? Um, and then he came back around. And he was like, yes, guess what guys, I was actually wrong. I was, I was wrong about this. And, and I've noticed that now I need to have energy balance and I actually think he started working with Merrick and that was a big thing too. But, um, it was cool to see him come around, but a lot of them don't. And I've worked with a lot of like keto influencers and stuff like that, low carb fasting, stuff like that. And they're, yeah, let's see the difference between a medicine and a poison is the dose. Like, can there be benefits to doing a low carb approach to something in some situations? Yes. Temporarily. Yes. Um, However, you have these people that are chronically doing these things and they don't realize they may not be optimized. So yes, it might be working. They're like, yeah, I do this. It's amazing. You should do it too. But what they don't realize is maybe they could be better. Yeah, that, that actually reminds me like, because I forget how context and, and clarification is so important because mm -hmm. people will twist things. So when I say low carb, I think many guys think that means no carb. Mm -hmm. So a lower carb approach, they're like, oh, I'm going to do zero carbs. Yeah. And, and the problem is not necessarily zero carbs. Like we've had clients operate on 50 grams of carbs for well over like four to eight weeks when they have a lot of body fat to lose. Right. The problem with having carbs too high at that point is like your body's just not going to use them because it's too inflamed mm -hmm. and the, the carb use is impaired. So mm -hmm. we'll have them do low carb for a while, but there's a point where then it's not necessary. Right. And I think the initial drop in water weight and the scale weight is encouraging to a lot of people where they're like, oh, low carb works. So they stay on it for far too long. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this occurred like in 2011 when CrossFit really got popular and they had a baby with paleo. Mm -hmm. And it was all about like, you couldn't walk into a CrossFit without your sweet potatoes and bison. Mm -hmm. God forbid you had rice or something and like you can only eat so many sweet potatoes to fuel those types of workouts before your stomach's like yo i got to shit like mm -hmm. that's cool so that i think where the mis the mis misconceptions and the mixed messaging is crazy for a lot of people because it is overwhelming and it is annoying and it is conflicting mm -hmm. low carb for somebody can be 200 grams of carbs or it can be 70 so right right very and and it, and it depends on the person too. And that's where a lot of people also get it wrong. As you alluded, like, like there could be a triathlete eating 600 grams of carbs, but to them, they stay in ketosis because they're utilizing it through, uh, for glyco highly glycogenic. Um, that's, I'm not, I'm killing the words here, but using a lot of muscle glycogen, uh, yeah. to actually perform. So anyway, um, I, I feel like there's so many people out there that could be optimized. And then, like you said, also, um, many people that are dealing with large amounts of body fat have insulin sensitivity problems that need to be addressed first. So uh, again, the difference between a medicine and a poison is a dose. There's a right time and place for these things. And a lot of times they are being used incorrectly. And that's when it's really good to get some, a coach involved or somebody that knows what they're talking about on that stuff. Hire a professional. It, it literally... Time collapses results and it just allows you to like be kind of spoon fed the path to get this done because it really mm -hmm. isn't that complicated mm -hmm. at all. Like mm -hmm. 
at all. I did a, a application call the other day where a guy literally listed every single goal that you could possibly list. And I said, what do you want? <laughs> and he was like, I don't know. I'm all over the place. And I said, clearly. And he was very overweight. So, well, not very overweight, but for us, anything over 20% is kind of like overweight for our demographic that we tend to attract. So mm -hmm. he had a lot of stomach fat. And I said, <laughs> I know exactly what to do with you, but are you willing and wanting to do that? And and he was so conflicted because he said, well, I read a lot and I'm very confused as to who to listen to. And I said, you've come to the right place. You can stop. And and he was literally like shocked. And I was like, all you, all you have to do is just do what we say and it will lead you to the Holy Grail. <laughs> but because you and I are in this every day, it's very easy to be able to provide that path and knowing exactly what to do because we've done this over and over and over. And it's really not that complicated. When when you have a lot of body fat to lose, that means you have energy you have not used yet. So you have stored energy mm -hmm. that your body can use. Therefore, you can go lower calorie and lower carb. Mm -hmm. And then we get body rid of body fat, we go up in calories and up in carbs. And mm -hmm. it's that little dance that again, life shit will happen, but you have a coach behind you to carry you through that. And for uh, for guys, it's just at least very easy to take them through that because it's rinse and repeat. This, mm -hmm. It's not the same protocol, but it's very similar for a lot of them, depending on what their goal is, because we've got endurance guys and strength guys. But mm -hmm. other than that, it, it's not that complicated because we take the complications out of it. We help guys understand that this is the truth and we don't claim to know everything. But the, as you know, there's a lot of bullshit out there. So. Mm -hmm. No. So at what point should men consider going on TRT? Um, everybody should be on right now. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I feel like um, that's always the, the question, right? Because when you do have so many things that could be optimized prior to going on, at what point do, does somebody go, okay, now I think I should go on TRT? So my answer is, uh, I feel personally, it's inevitable that every man will end up on it and mm -hmm. should mm -hmm. um there are people who may disagree with me and that's cool we can still be friends um yeah. but i would say if if a man is in a position where he has gotten his uh health in order meaning have you taken ownership of your physique if you're overweight have you addressed your lifestyle um your nutrition all that stuff because that's huge for the reasons I mentioned before that you don't want to be in an inflammatory state and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. However, the other side of that, there are a lot of guys who are very overweight, who have very, very low motivation, energy and everything, and may need testosterone to kind of jumpstart that. But mm -hmm. that's when a competent practitioner will start you very low just to get you through to be able to get leaner and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. now some people will say if you're done having kids, then that's okay. There are plenty of men who can conceive on testosterone and have. It's all about getting a sperm count beforehand and then taking the proper measurements as to what you would take alongside testosterone because there's different options to maintain sperm production and quality and all of that. Um, if he's exhausted anything natural. So there are a lot of guys that 
they feel like they're defeated if they have to go on testosterone. So they want to try naturally. And again, I can't emphasize enough. It's lifting weights, getting sleep, eating properly, all the things that you would do to get a leaner physique are going to help your testosterone levels as well. So if we've exhausted that, and then you're still coming in where you feel symptomatic and blood work really hasn't changed, probably a good time. Mm-hmm. That could be like over 40. Now I've seen it in twenties, thirties. We have clients in their late twenties who are on TRT. We have guys in their sixties who are on TRT. So I think at some point in a man's life, there will come a time where he will go on it. And one of the biggest struggles for men is the fact that it's for the rest of their life. And mm-hmm. I understand that because men don't want to be reliant on something and they see it as like very defeatist and succumbing to something. And I said, listen, if you are given the opportunity to increase your quality of life to where not only do you feel fucking amazing, but you can show up as the husband, father, brother, son, boyfriend that you want to be, and you know, you can be, and the trade-off for that is you have to either stick a needle a couple of days a week or rub cream on your balls. Are you going to be okay with that? Because mm-hmm. this will also help prevent heart attacks and help prevent cancer and help prevent strokes and other bad things. Mm-hmm. Then they kind of get it. And I tell them too, like, I've never had a client who's gone on testosterone and been like, you know what? I don't think this is for me. I'm going to stop because they feel I- good. Right. If you go to an idiot who mismanages your protocol and doesn't, you know, have you doing the right things. Yeah. It may not feel so good because you have these crazy side effects and stuff like that. But if you go to a competent practitioner, mm-hmm. there's absolutely no side effects and you'll feel amazing. So I would say like the, the biggest side effects guys freak out over, they gain weight. Mm-hmm. Androgen, it's going to pull water. It's going to increase uh, red blood cells and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, gain weight, but it's not going to be body fat. So. Right. And I feel like the trade-off with that, like you said, is if you had to take something for the rest of your life, but then feel amazing, like, why wouldn't you? People take pharmaceuticals all the time. What's the difference? Yeah. You know, it, it yeah. It, I'm like, so are you, if they're on thyroid medication, like that's usually for life. You know, granted, thyroid doesn't have a suppressive effect, but I also tell them too, you can come off testosterone, like nothing's detrimental. You're just not going to feel that great. And it won't like restart your production back to where you were. In fact, you'll probably be like, you know, however many months or years older mm-hmm. and you'll probably be lower. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Well, so that's a great segue as to what are some misconceptions to testosterone replacement therapy? I mean, you got the old one, right? Like my balls are going to shrink. That's a huge one, right? Oh yeah. That, uh, that's my favorite joke. Um, mm-hmm. so uh, some, some guys know that some guys don't know that happens and it doesn't happen in every man. And the reason for that is when you add an exogenous hormone where it's produced in the testicles and the testicles are like, oh, this is coming from somewhere else. You guys don't need us anymore. Then they're going to atrophy. And I tell guys, well, it's okay because number one, as a, as a woman, like we don't care, like balls are weird. Um, it makes everything else look bigger and that's a good thing. And literally you don't hear women saying like, yeah, I'm a ball girl, you know, on their dating profile and stuff like that. But um, some guys are are like, you know, they have an attachment to that. And so you can literally take things to maintain like the size. 
totally fine. Um, the other misconception is that they're going to lose their hair. So if you are prone to hair loss, genetically, it might, might speed it up a little bit, but it does not directly cause it. That is more so from other anabolic steroids. Um, prostate cancer is also a big one. And this was addressed highly at Silverback because we now are uh, showing and getting the word out that there are men on testosterone who have active prostate cancer and it's being used for maintaining quality of life, but also to fight prostate cancer because testosterone does not cause it and it doesn't cause prostate cancer to grow. Mm -hmm. that was, this was all based on one study in 1941 that has been completely uh, refuted. So I think my, my, not my urologist, but my silverback speaker who just got out of urology, actually Jordan Grant, mm -hmm. he has tons of patients with active prostate cancer on testosterone. And he talks about this better than anybody I know. And it's a big hot topic. So that is not something for men to worry about the cardiovascular events that they're worried about the heart attacks and strokes. There's tons of studies now showing how low T puts you at a greater risk of a heart attack mm -hmm. or stroke. Mm -hmm. Um, testosterone because it converts into estrogen is cardioprotective and neuroprotective. So mm -hmm. those are some of like the bigger misconceptions. And we already covered like, you know, being on it for life and stuff, because that's like scary to a lot of guys. Um, a lot of them think roid rage and stuff like that. No, like if you were a dick before testosterone, you're just going to be a dick still, um, <laughs> not going to be a bigger dick, you know, like it doesn't accelerate the assholeness. Now trend is a different story, but again, yeah. talk about that. Yep. Um, so those are like kind of the big ones that most men worry about. Um, and I'm like, listen, those are not things that we have to worry about. And there's a reason you get blood work every few months anyway to make sure everything's doing what it should be. Absolutely. I love all of that. So if there's one thing that you could get out there to all of the men listening and their wives, I guess, what would that be? Um, get, get your baseline labs done at least just to know where you are and don't think that you are too old, too young, too anything or not enough of anything to be able to address this. Mm -hmm. Um, and if it's difficult to talk to anybody about just slide in my DMS, because I talk about this all day, every day with guys of all ages, because if you are experiencing any sexual performance issues, especially mm -hmm. that is very, very, very common, even though it's not normal, but guys usually feel very isolated. They don't know what to do about it and just come talk to me. I'll point you in the right direction. No pun intended, but mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I, I've found that and I'm much more comfortable talking about it too now, but um, I've had men in my chair in my office and I'm like, I'm like, well, how's your erections? How's your libido? How's all of this? And they're looking at me like, oh my God, you just mentioned my erection. Like what's going on? You know? And I'm like, no, it's, it's I said, this is a real thing. Like I, I had a, and, and that's one quick thing we could maybe touch on is, you know, estrogen is also important in men, but not in the levels that some men are experiencing it due to like xenoestrogen exposures and stuff like that. So on the flip side of that, if you're a man and you're taking a ton of estrogen blockers, you could also be asking for some major trouble with how your performance is in the bedroom. So. <laughs> yes. One of the most highly debated hot topics in the TRT world. <laughs> and I had this as my first question on 
my TRT best practice panel at Silverback because I said, all right, guys, we're going to start off with a bang. Mm -hmm. What about uh, AIs or aromatase inhibitors? <clears throat> Go. And they're like, all right, we're starting off with that. But it is literally like part of, um, if you go to a clinic, like especially here in South Florida, they have clinics like every five minutes and you see advertisements everywhere, like TRT, $99 a month. You know, you walk into one of these clinics. I don't even know if they do labs, but like you literally write your name on a piece of paper and they're like, oh, okay, here you go. You have testosterone, you have your estrogen blocker, and then you have something to maintain fertility. And so we call that the starter pack. Everybody gets that, but you really only need testosterone to start with usually. So estrogen blockers. Now, women need testosterone, men need estrogen. Men usually think estrogen is very feminizing and it's going to make them cry and grow man boobs and blah, blah, blah. When you take testosterone, that converts to estrogen. There's an enzyme called aromatase and it takes the testosterone and goes, we're going to make estrogen. This is a good thing. So the medication that you and I are talking about blocks that enzyme from doing that and lowers estrogen. The problem when you lower estrogen, if we think of what happens to women in menopause, osteoporosis, insulin resistance, belly fat, lethargic, no sex drive, all those things will happen to men. Their joints will start to crack. Their libido will start to go downhill. Their erections will be less firm. Um, I've seen belly fat happen, insulin resistance, all these things. And they don't know why. And I've had guys actually who have just started TRT. And then all of a sudden they're like, three months later, I have no uh, erection and my libido sucks. And I'm like, so are you on an aromatase inhibitor? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm on an astrazole. I'm like, okay, great. So it can be very detrimental. And the problem is that it's very misunderstood because estrogen will be high on lab work because again, these labs are not based on men on TRT. So when you take testosterone and converts to estrogen, yeah, it might be higher, but that's a good thing. And estrogen is very um, cardioprotective, neuroprotective, same reasons why women fall privy or fall uh, prey to cardiovascular disease and certain things like that because mm. they have low estrogen. So it's very similar to guys. Now on blood work, when you measure estrogen in men, it also is very similar to menopausal women where it's no longer an endocrine hormone. Mm -hmm. So it's not produced by a gland. So it's really just a fraction of like what estrogen is in a guy's body that you're showing on blood work. So Jordan mm -hmm. Grant actually doesn't measure estrogen anymore because guys freak out when the number is really high. Mm -hmm. So you go to like a steroid clinic in Florida, I call it, or, you know, any practitioner who's not well understood in this, they're going to say, oh, your estrogen's high. We have to block it. Mm -hmm. Why? They don't really know why. They can't explain why. They just say it's bad. Mm -hmm. yes, men need that. And usually men will feel fantastic when they come off of their anastrozole if they've been on it for a while. Mm -hmm. And I, I have a client who actually was on it. God, I think he was on probably double the dose he should be for like 10 years. And he did a DEXA scan. He was like 45 years old and he was borderline osteoporosis from uh, taking that. And that's not good. No, so we don't want that no. to happen. No, not at all. Well, I think that was a great thing to hit on before we part ways here, Allie. But how can people look you up if they want to slide into your DMs and ask you all the questions about their boner? <laughs> as long as no pictures are sent with those questions. <laughs> 
um, at the Allie Gilbert ALI on Instagram. It's literally where I live, like all my content's there. So that's probably the best place to find me. So, all right. Well, I love that. I will put that in the show notes as well. It has been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. Tony, this is fun. This really flew by too. <laughs> I know it went by fast. Good morning, friends, and welcome back to another episode. I'm super excited that you are joining me. As always, hey guys, here is a call to action. I really need your help. Before we get going with this episode, if you are a listener of this podcast and you enjoy it and you find that you're getting tidbits and pearls out of it, please, please, please hit the pause button right now. Go on over. Give me a review. These reviews are so important in the growth of this podcast. So please help me out. That's all I ask. I don't run ads. I don't do anything crazy here. You don't have to take ad breaks or or skip through multiple interruptions of the show. So please do me a favor. Help me out by leaving me likes and subscriptions and reviews. These things all help. Share with your friends and family. And I have a deal for you. Just as a little extra push, if you go on over, leave a review, subscribe to the podcast, and then send me that, a screenshot, to my Instagram at Connie Begani, C-O-N-N-I-E-B-E-G-O-N-N-I-E, then I will put you on the list because I am going to do a drawing for a free box of LMNT. That's a $40 value. And I will let you pick your flavor. So please go on over, get that screenshot, send it to me. I will track that. And at the first of the year, I will be choosing somebody to send a box of LMNT to on a random draw. So awesome. Great that you're joining me. Thank you for that. Today, I have the men's health queen joining me for the show, and we're going to talk about all things testosterone replacement therapy in men. Yes, guys, this is the episode for you. If you're a wife, then even better, this is an episode for you to help educate your husband in the realm of testosterone replacement therapy. So men's health is a huge thing right now. A lot of men think it's taboo to go on TRT. Allie and I cover all of that today. We talk about what causes a decline in testosterone. We also dive into xenoestrogens and all these other things that could be impacting your men's health. So really excited for today's show. Again, here is my episode with Allie Gilbert. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about me, my online programs, or to inquire about coaching, please visit www.connynightingale.com. And remember, nothing in the contents of this show is intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any illness, and it is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult with your primary care physician before implementing any new health protocols.